Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. One of the things we hear a lot about in The Author Biz are multiple streams of income. For most of us, that means ebooks, print, maybe the sale of the rights to your books for readers overseas, and for some people, even audiobooks. Well, today's guest, Cameron Hurley, is a multi-time award-winning author who still works a full-time job so that she can put food on the table. As you can imagine, she's all about finding new sources of income for her writing, and a couple of years ago, she decided to try Patreon as an outlet for her short fiction. You've heard of Patreon, right? It takes the old patronage model where artists can receive support from their fans or patrons. Using Patreon, I've supported musicians, filmmakers, and a few others, but until a few weeks ago, uh, never an author, which got me thinking. I wondered if there were any authors out there who are seriously supplementing their income using Patreon. So I looked, and uh, Patreon doesn't make it easy because their search function sort of sucks, but I did come across Cameron who writes a blog that I've referenced often over the course of the years. In fact, when I first started doing this podcast, every time I had a question about publishing, publishing contracts, advances, anything like that, I would Google search it, and inevitably, Cameron would have written something about it. So she has been a a great source of help to me in terms of education. So, of course, I wanted to reach out to her to talk about this. There are different ways of using Patreon. Some people will will do it on a monthly basis. Others do it on a per-deliverable basis. And Cameron chose to do it on a per-deliverable basis with short stories. So her patrons contribute for each short story she writes, and then they receive all of them get the short story, but they get different rewards on top of just the short story, depending on the level they're at. We're going to talk about all of that. We'll discuss the Patreon model, why Cameron chose it, what's changed in her two years on Patreon, and which types of authors this model is best suited for. We'll also discuss her recent Hugo Award nomination and her new book, The Stars Are Legion. For those of you who are regular listeners, you've probably noticed that we've been missing for a while. And for those of you who reached out to to make sure that I was okay and everything was okay, I appreciate that. Um, and I've, I've let those people know that I was just taking a break. I I planned on taking a one week break. The second week, I had a guest cancel at the last minute. Something had come up. And they had to cancel, so there was no show for the following week. And in the meantime, I just sort of got involved in projects in my own writing and was finishing up a book. So I, I just decided to extend the break a little bit further. And here we are. I think it's been almost a month between releases. So if you're still out there listening, thank you for that. And um, I am. I have three interviews scheduled next week, another for the following week. So I'm trying to get ahead a little bit so that I can avoid these long gaps. Unlike a lot of podcasters, I do like to take a break uh, every so often, but I, I try to keep those breaks to just a single week, and I will try and do that again going forward. Uh, one thing I'd like for you to do, if, if, you, if you have some ideas for shows t- or topics you'd like to see covered or guests you'd like me to interview, I would love it if you would let me know. 
uh, drop me an email at authorbiz at gmail.com. I have, I mean, this is, I think, episode 110, and I'm sort of running out of ideas. So if you've got ideas for shows, I would love to hear them. So again, authorbiz at gmail.com. As always, we will have show notes uh, with links to everything we mentioned during the show at theauthorbiz.com. And I guess that's it. I have nothing else to say. So let's get this one started. My first question to Cameron is why she chose Patreon as a platform rather than something else like Kickstarter. So Kickstarter uh, as a platform has some drawbacks and some benefits. The great thing is you get a lot of money up front. The bad part is that you tend to spend a lot of time and fulfillment. I know a lot of writers who view Kickstarter, who have used Patreon. And what I, what I realized is that a lot of people who thought, Hey, Kickstarter, this is great. I'm going to get a bunch of money. They do. They get a bunch of money up front and then they spend two years in fulfillment, <laughs> sending out <laughs> stuff, working mm-hmm. with manufacturers, getting stuff printed. It's wrong. It goes back trying to keep people from, you know, not being from being upset because things aren't coming on time. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on fulfillment. Uh, and that was why I went directly to my fans and I said, Hey, do you want, if I did a Patreon, would you want to support me month to month or per thing, you know, per short story? And everybody said, Hey, I want to support you per short story, which is great for me because that way I was only getting paid when I was doing work. Uh, I was producing a short story and I think I started out like every couple months and now I'm doing it every month. Um, and it was just a matter of realizing that I didn't want to spend time. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to use that money to make things, not necessarily, uh, physical things though. A lot of this fiction that I'm creating for that is, you know, going to go into a short story collection that we're working on selling. And then of course I create chat books, which I send to uh, supporters. What is that? I saw that. I saw that what line there and I've never oh. heard that before. A chat book is basically, um, it's just a, a, the short story printed out into a book format, which you can do on your printer at home. If you do it in PDF, it will print out. You fold it over. You put a cardstock oh, okay. uh, cover right. on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not expensive. And it's not that I don't have very many people at that level. I think we send out 25 or 30 twice a year, right? I'm not doing mm-hmm. it every month. <laughs> I'm not, again, I don't want to spend all this time on fulfillment. Um, but I make sure that it's at a, a level that it makes sense. And uh, my husband carefully tracks all the shipping costs and things that we are for things to make sure that we're uh, pricing things accordingly. So uh, those go out, you know, yeah, a couple times a year. And they're, I mean, they're very exclusive, right? They have not a lot of people get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so people really love to have those physical, those physical rewards. But I don't like to do too many of them because, again, I don't want to do all fulfillment. So the majority of my stuff um, that I do digitally is, yeah, you get the short story. I do a little real-time writing video that is literally just a screen capture of me writing the story. And then I do a quick behind the scenes, uh, which is just me talking about the story. Again, these are all just digital things that I can give mm-hmm. to people. Um, but they inspire folks to uh, pledge at, at different levels just to get that exclusive content. Uh, and it is very easy for me to, to uh, deliver it and to fulfill it. Um, so for me, it just made a lot more sense to, to do something that was once a month that I was also – this is a great thing too. It's regular income. It is like it's like I get an extra paycheck every month. Right. So because I also still have a day job, mm-hmm. but it is something you get every like it, it, if you you know submit that short story and you do the you know charged patrons for the post, um, you get that money regularly. 
And in writing, like as, as every writer knows, uh, it is not a regular income. You don't know what your royalties will be. You only get paid twice a year for royalties. Checks are late all the time. I know I'm waiting on a bunch of checks uh, for some short story sales. You never know when you're going to be getting uh, paid as a freelance writer, as a fiction writer. So it's a really regular way to generate income uh, that you don't have to spend all your time on fulfillment for. And as... As a Patreon user and as an author, it seems to me as though you're doing – you're in the upper echelon of author Patreon users. Is that a fair statement in, in terms of uh, income per whatever the, 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 the digital device is? In this case, it's, it's a short story? Uh, I would say I'm up there, but I have to point out, and people always forget this, N.K. Jemison is making almost $6,000 a month. And the one everyone forgets, Shauna McGuire, is making almost $8,000 a month on her Patreon. So there are a couple who are you know, pushing up toward that 10K mark faster than I am. Mm -hmm. But certainly as far as, yeah, like the writers that I know, a lot of writers, yeah, kind of get stuck around 500 uh, two hundred to five hundred dollars yes, a month. Yes, so, and yeah. and you you did not do that. What were your initial expectations when you started this, and when did you actually start it? I started this two years ago, okay. so it has been two years. My initial expectation was I soft launched it to my mailing list. Right, that's your hardcore fans and your mm -hmm. mailing list. I said, hey. I have this cool idea to do this Patreon. I want to see how much interest there is before I go fall on my face in public, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I said, you know, at the bare minimum, I needed $500 a month. I didn't want to do a short story for less than $500 a month. So I said, until we hit $500, I'm not doing any work. Um, and when I soft launched it, I think within the first four or five days, we were at $250, I think. Okay. So I said, okay, we're going to hit, we're going to hit 500. I said, if I get onto Twitter, again, I have 11,000 Twitter followers. If I get onto Twitter and start promoting it, I think we'll hit 500. Uh, and yeah, the first, um, I think the first few months, I think we, we got to a thousand pretty quickly. We got to 1200 pretty quickly. And then it, it does, there are times where it just stalls. Um, it stalls out and you have to figure out ways. Like I got stalled out at 1200. I redid some backer levels. I started promoting it again actively on Twitter. Um, we hit the 2000 mark. We sat, sat at the 2000 mark for like six months. And I finally said, I need to find something else that people are interested in. So I pulled my fans. What do you guys want? A lot of people said, um, I, I do, um, oil paintings like to, to Bob Ross. Mm -hmm. I just paint along with Bob Ross, but I have all these paintings. They're like, I want a painting. And I said, okay, well, we'll. <laughs> We'll have that as a level. Take them, please. Um, and doing that uh, got me. And even though you know some people just pledged once and then went back to a dollar after they got their painting, which is totally cool with me, uh, it, it generated enough interest. And then people would get. And here's the thing: like as you do, as you fulfill these rewards, uh, people will post pictures on Twitter, right, into social media and Facebook, and you can retweet them, you can share them, and that generates excitement. Um, so every month that something, you know, stuff would go out, I would generate, you know, more excitement for it. Uh, the podcast again, we hit the, finally hit the $2,500 level. I think like, yeah, last month where we finally were at that level for a good enough amount of time that I'm like, okay, I'll do the podcast that generated a lot more. I think I made another 10, $15 because that started, uh, getting people excited again. And then at the end of the month, right at the end of the month before, right before a story drops that last week in the month, I start to really, um, promote it again. I actually have my assistant now 
she, in fact, she's doing it right now. I just sent her some messages. She schedules three tweets a day that have different messages about, hey, this is the Patreon. Don't forget the Patreon. You get Q&As, you get chat books, you can get behind the scenes, you can get all these things that you can get um, so that people don't, because I'm getting new Twitter followers constantly, right? And so I need to make sure that everyone's aware that, hey, you get a buck, get a story, you know. Um, so I, I do promote it. Uh, I actively promote it. And once I start actively promoting it and refreshing, you know, I think every year you should probably refresh your Patreon. Just like, hey, add some new graphics, some new award levels, delete some that aren't, you know, get generating any interest. Um, I think that helps it keep it fresh and also gives you something new to talk about. It's news, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, new levels. You know, oh, we did this. Oh, you know. Um, and so that to me is a, is was finally a great way to generate it. But like as far as expectations, I was just going to be happy yeah, making $500, $800 a month on a short story because you get paid so little for them in the industry. I think there's like one or two markets that will pay you, um, you know, like really crazy rate, like the $1,500 of like tour.com will pay mm-hmm. like 15 cents a word or something. Um, so there aren't that many markets that do it. And I was like that for my time, it was not worth my time. Uh, to be frank, I, I charge in my freelancing life, I charge like $125 an hour and I'm like, it's not worth my time to write a short story that I'm getting $200 for that takes, you know, 25, 30 hours, uh, you know, so that was one of the things I looked at is I, I needed to make it worth, you know, my, my personal time to do it. Um, and then also to make sure that, uh, that fans were getting things that, that were exclusive and that they wanted. My husband backs a lot of Kickstarters and he was actually, he was actually really helpful with helping me determine what the levels would be. Cause he's like, you know, you're dealing with nerds and geeks. He's like, I, you know, we, we are, we're both nerds and geeks. And he's like, they want exclusive content. They want things no one else can have. Um, it's cool to support you. That's nice. But what they really want <laughs> is stuff no one else has so they can brag about it. Really? Um, now that, that, yeah. that is fascinating. So it, it is the little things like that, that, that you think are, are really helping to drive this. Oh, that, absolutely. Something as simple as that chat book. Oh, yeah. Oh, people love that. I have um, several people who are actually librarians who, are at, who add it to their like collections. They're like um, archival collections. They're like, oh, I signed up for the, the three because there's one that's uh, $50 a month. That's three a year so that I can get that third chat book so I can add it to our collection. You know, they're, they're exclusive. <laughs> that is yeah. Awesome. OK. So, um, so, yeah. So it's little thing. And it, it seems little to you again. Like I'm like, oh, I do two paintings a, a week with Bob Ross. But for somebody for a fan, mm-hmm. that's like huge. Like if, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, Stephen King <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. was doing, I, I do paintings. People be like, yes, give me a painting. <laughs> you know, they well, pay yeah. way more. One of the but, things yeah. that's always bugged me about the business of being an author is in, in every other form of entertainment, like I'm a, I'm a sports fan. Mm-hmm. And so if I go to a baseball game, I can get a $7 ticket in the, in the bleachers in the outfield, or I can get a $50 ticket behind home base or between behind home plate that's 20 rows up, or I could buy, uh, I could sit in a box seat, or I could spend thousands of dollars and watch the same game from a luxury suite. So there are all mm-hmm. kinds of different ways that I can support yep. this team that I'm a fan of. But as an author, if I'm a fan of an author, my options are to buy the digital book, the paper book, and the audio book, and that's it. And so if I'm a big fan, I typically will buy them all, but then there's nothing else I can do other than buy more copies and give them out to people. 
And that's a super good point because I heard that a lot from super fans. They were just like, I bought the audio. I bought three books for my friends. I bought the you know hardcover for myself. Um, I bought the digital so I can have it with me. They're like, how else can I help? You know, they want to help. They, they, they really do want to support you and they want to have things, um, again, that are exclusive things that are yours weight levels that they feel like they're getting something back. Um, and this was just a really great way. I mean, I've, I've had so many folks who are just like when the podcast came out, they're like, I'm so glad that I'm, uh, you know, a little part of making this actually happen. Um, they get super excited. They, we all want to make cool stuff and not all of us have the time to make cool stuff. So a lot of it is just that, that feeling of, you know, satisfaction you get of being part of something that's bigger than yourself by supporting it. Um, it's the old, it's literally the old patron model, um, mm -hmm. from, you know, artists of old, uh, and it's, it seems to be working very well. It's just, you have to get the message out and you have to listen to fans, uh, and give them the sorts of things that they want without killing yourself. <laughs> now, when you first set this up, did you, I mean, you've mentioned that you've tweaked the award levels at, at, you know, multiple times, probably over the course of two years. How much time did you spend initially setting the first group of rewards? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I don't know, not too long. Um, again, I sat down, my husband, and I sat down and looked at it. Uh, you know, I, I looked at some other patron, uh, you know, Patreons. I looked at some Kickstarters as well, just to see what kind of rewards they had. Um, you know, it didn't take long to get started. It was a few hours just to sit down and, you know, look at things. Okay. So you um, threw yourself right yeah. into it. You, th oh, there yeah. was not, there was not some existential crisis where it's like, no. oh my gosh, I'm asking my fans for money and I've, I've everything no. has got to be perfect. You just did it. No, it's, it, and, and here's the thing too. It's not like Kickstarter cause it's not all or nothing. Mm -hmm. The Kickstarter is all or nothing. If you don't launch it perfectly and keep momentum going, you've lost, even if you almost hit your goal, you don't get any of that money, right? <laughs> if you don't hit your goal. Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas Patreon, uh, you know, I set my own goal. And, um, and as long as I, and I, and I choose when, you know, okay, Hey, a charge for this, you know, this, uh, this post, um, this story. So, so no, I, I didn't have any, no, I'm like, either we get there or we don't. Uh, and people are really excited about it as, you know, again, as the thing you brought up, they, they're some, the super fans really are looking for ways to help you. Now let, let's yeah. talk a little bit more about the, the new podcast, because I think, mm -hmm. was that at the $2,500 level you yes. said, I'll, I'll do this podcast. So, yep. and, and was that there from the beginning or did you add that later? It was, it was there from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So um, your fans have been working towards this for a while. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. And it just launched. I mean, you just launched the first episode. It's a monthly episode. Yes. And unlike this, <laughs> where I have a guest like you that comes on and, and I hand off the ball to you and, and you carry it over the goal line, in, in the case of your show, it is you talking for <laughs> 25 minutes. And I was listening to that last night. And I'm like, she's not going to talk for 25 minutes. That's impossible. But no, <laughs> you did it. Oh, I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do want to have guests at some point. My agent actually emailed me last night. She's like, oh, I'd love to be on the podcast with you. We did a, a Ditch Diggers podcast mm -hmm. uh, with Lafferty and, and Matt Wallace, and we had a really good time. Matt's like, yeah, I sent that for the Hugo uh, the Hugo nomination ballot uh, because they, they got nominated for a Hugo Award this year. He's like, because you guys are so much fun. Um, so I said, yeah, Hannah, we're going to have to do one together. And then I want to get my husband on. Uh, he's, uh, uh, again, he's working on a board game based on one of my books. And so I want to kind of take him in and, and, and just geek about that, uh, with fans and stuff. So I do want to have some guests on, but it's so much easier for me because then I don't have to worry about scheduling 
and, you know, getting, getting the right people. And sometimes you email people and they never respond and you got to find more people. I just, it's, it's a lot of work. Whereas I, uh, you know, again, I have day job, I have this job, <laughs> I have so many jobs, um, where I'm just like, it's just so much easier for me to sit down and go, okay, here's a list of topics that I just want to talk about. Um, because throughout the day I will want to write, write a blog post these days. And I just don't have the time to write like a think piece in response to everything. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to just have this platform to go, okay, here are these five or six things I want to talk about. Hey, here's some questions from Twitter and scene. And one of the great things about podcasting just in general is that if if you're a writer, there's a certain expectation in terms of the quality. I mean, you're a copywriter and you do this 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, whatever, whatever it is. So you could probably spit out perfect copy fairly quickly. But for a lot of people, there's some angst involved in, oh, do I have the comment in the right place? Is it the right word choice? Do I have uh, two thes instead of one? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just talking, I mean, you and I are just talking here. If yeah. we say the wrong words, you just, well, what I really meant was this, and, and you move on. There's no angst. It doesn't take two hours to write a post. It's just, you know, we talk for a half hour and we're done. Yeah, it's a much um, a much easier process <laughs> because it tends it tends to not get scrutinized quite as much as words on a page, mm-hmm. uh, which is 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 pretty nice. I mean, it, it took me a while to edit it out because I I do like to just edit out a, a few things where I'm like, ah, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine some of the places yeah, you go from reading your blog for a while. So, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll just edit a few of those out. So that's nice to have that sort of control. But yeah, I don't have to angst about it quite as much as a blog post. So that's that's also nice. All right. Now, you mentioned the, the Hugo Award. A, a friend was nominated for Hugo Award. You were nominated for a Hugo Award uh, very recently. So congratulations on that. And you are a previous winner as well, which is something that doesn't happen every day for a woman. Uh, well, more and more, Okay, you know, uh, I think it doesn't happen every day for anyone. <laughs> well, true, true. We could uh, go there. The la- yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, the last couple of years have been rough. Uh, you know, the, this, there's been groups trying to hijack that award, but luckily the new rules, uh, came down. Uh, finally we got the new rules in place, which, uh, have, uh, made it harder for people to kind of game the awards, which has been happening. And all of a sudden you see tons of women on that list. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden there's, there's tons of people again, there's, this is a really, and I, I talk about it on my podcast, a really, um, extraordinary time in science fiction and fantasy. We have an, an incredible number of writers and it is, it's very competitive right now. I know, uh, I was actually disappointed. I didn't have any short stories on the Hugo <laughs> nomination oh. list. But you look at who got there and the stories they got there, it's exceptional work. Um, And that does make some people angry. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, it it doesn't happen, you know, very much for for anyone. But my hope is that as we sort of make a more equal um, uh, playing field that, that we'll see that certainly more and more. Okay, let's let's go back to award levels. You have. I mean, they're kind of spread out from the, wow, this would be great if someone would, would choose yes. this award level to a dollar. You mentioned a dollar, and I think it's a dollar. There might be $2 and then $3, and I, I'm drawing a blank on all the different um, mm. variations in between, but you have a number of different levels. How important are all those different levels and, and the variety of different things that you make available to people? 
Uh, if you talk to, uh, we had a really great at the there were, at the Nebula uh, Awards conference, uh, which the SFWA, the Science Fiction Fantasy Writers of America, puts on every year. They had a representative from Patreon actually come and talk to writers about you know starting some uh, some um, patron uh, you know thing, some patronage things on their site. And uh, one of the examples was was me because I think at the time I was like eighteen hundred dollars a month or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it and what they said was they gave us a lot of really great advice. And one of the things that someone I, I wasn't there, but one of the things that somebody said was, you know, Cameron, they say you should really do a two dollar level, like because it's if you can. Go bring someone from $1 to $2. You've literally doubled your income from them. You've doubled your income for not very much. So do like a deleted scenes, a behind the scenes, some work in progress, something really easy to try and get that $1 to a $2. Because you think $1 to $2, whatever. But when they phrased it as you're doubling your income mm-hmm. from that person, I was like, oh, shoot. Um, so I went ahead and I, I added a $2 level after that. So I try to keep lots of stuff. Uh, $5 a month is also a sweet spot. My husband, again, talking with him about um, the sorts of things that that people will do. Five bucks is like a sweet, a very sweet spot is mm-hmm. a $5. So you really want like from the one to $5, a lot in there. Also um, with Kickstarter, what you found less with Patreon, but because of this, I, I added like a $25 level is people at Kickstarter love people when they kickstart the 20, the $20 to $25 level is really popular. People are willing to put down the 20 to 25. So I want to make sure for that. Once you hit that level, you're into super fan level. Um, once you get above $25, you know, when I start to get to like the 50, I just threw in cause I was like, let's see if people really want more chat books. And if you did, and that was great. Um, but then we also have the $75, which is the painting, which mm-hmm. I just threw in. That's a new one. Uh, and then the 125, which is a Skype call with me. Uh, and I had, I had two people for a while. Now I'm, I'm down to one. Uh, and then at the, above the 125, I don't have any, which, but then above 125, there's no need to have like, Right. Again, you're, you're like your super fans are from uh, 50 to 125. So you're looking at 500, which is copies of everything I, I send out through the year. And then a 1500, which is you get to tell me what story you want me to write every month. That would be like the ultra mega super mm-hmm. crazy fan. Um, you know, so I like to have those there because there are ultra mega super fans with money who occasionally are like, hey, you know what? I do. I want my own custom story i got a huge bonus this year of twenty thousand dollars i'll spend fifteen hundred dollars to get my own short story people do that um so i like to have those there just in case um but i don't yeah once you once you get above the 25 there's no reason to have quite as many uh different levels again that's just an experience that's an experience of um talking to other people and also just talking to my fans and seeing how the reward levels um you know sort of play out for me uh again once once it's above 25 you just there's such a drop off there's you know no reason to to add more but i did add more uh again recently i added a $7 level which i got an idea, this idea from another uh patron uh, someone running another patreon was uh the audio story and people, I was yes, amazed. I was going like, to ask people, you about that. Yeah. yeah, how how does how is that? And, and that's you narrating the story. Me just reading the story, the story that um, you've written for that. And month. I wrote already. Yeah. yeah, me reading the story. Uh, and I thought, gosh, that's a great level. And immediately, I had like ten people sign up. And I was again that go, that brings people from a three dollar or a five dollar to a seven dollar mm-hmm. because they're audio people and not a lot of people. And here's the thing too, and uh, so my patrons are 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 a little embarrassed, but they're like, I don't always read the story. <laughs> 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 um, and some people are really.
really auditory, right? They liked, again, podcast people, they really like to listen to something more than reading it. So for all those people who follow me and who want to support me, but they do want to read the story, quote unquote, but they don't have, they're, they're, they're busy. They don't want to sit in front of a screen. It's much easier for them. And in fact, one of them was telling me, she's like, yeah, it's so great to just be at work coding and I'm coding at work and I can listen to, again, your behind the scenes talk track, your podcast and listen to the story all at work. And she's like, it's just really very convenient for me. So that ended up being a really good one um, that I just added very recently. That was a great way to bump a bunch of people up. Walk, walk, walk us through the, uh, the behind the scenes idea. And mm-hmm. that's basically you talking about the story, right? Yeah. So it is just a, again, a screen capture. I, I, I use Snagit, which is like 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a screen capture program. So I just open up the story. And so many people, this is like the number one question that writers get, which is where do your ideas come from? <laughs> where do you, how did you get this idea? Mm-hmm. So I literally sit down uh, with the story open and I just record me talking about, okay, so here's the opening of the story. Here's how I came up with this. I had this idea, you know, I read this book called Parasite Rex about parasites. And so then I thought, what if the bears, you know, literally just geeking out about my own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes, you know, it depends. It's 30 to 45 minutes. Um, but it's very off the cuff. Again, as we talked about with uh, the nice thing about recording audio, it's very off the cuff. It's I talk about the story itself and sometimes I allow myself to go on tangents about just things I'm interested in and how, again, because all ideas come from everywhere, right? So it's I let myself just sort of just talk about, yeah, the it's where where did the ideas come from behind now, have, the story? Have you had to train yourself to be able to do this into a microphone? Because for a lot of people, they would just, you know, get a couple of sentences out and they'd just be looking at their words. They might start editing or something, but they'd stop talking. <laughs> so, I mean, you're able to talk about your story to someone who's not listening and not giving you any feedback. That's that's a skill. <laughs> Um, yes. So I just, I I have no problem, um, talking about myself or to myself. (laughs) So so it works out. Uh, I I don't know. Again, I'm not sure where that, where that comes from, uh, having an overactive imagination, uh, living the sort of uh, life that I did. I lived, I lived out in the country, so I was kind of used to making, making up stories. So I don't know. Uh, it's very funny for you to say that where it's like, Oh, some people just can't talk, talk forever. I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> so it was like my brain literally was like, eh? <laughs> there's, there's a thing. So, uh, yeah, it's just something uh, I, I really don't have have uh, much problem with it. Uh, again, like I said, with my podcast or with even the behind the scenes is nice because there are certain it's like my notes. So I know, Oh, okay. I want to talk about this, this, and this. And then in the podcast, I'll have, you know, four or five bullet points. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. So I do have, you know, the general, um, bucket list of things I do want to hit. So that helps. All right. So you, you've been doing Patreon for a couple of years now and you, you have, you've seen Patreon give presentations. You've probably talked to other people with Patreon accounts. Are there certain types of authors, certain types of material, uh, that work well, with with Patreon, um, and people are going to hate to hear this, but yes, in that it is it works better if you're an established author who's been who's has an existing audience. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to Patreon about this that they they give you like a personal account, whatever. Um, but they it's nice because they actually ask you for your input, and I say you know here's my big problem with Patreon 
is I have to bring my my audience to you. You're not helping me generate an audience. They're getting better at it. Um, now they'll like recommend, hey, you know, people that you support support these other artists. You know, um, they'll send those out now. You know, a couple times a month. But it's been very difficult to grow my audience outside of my other channels. Right. Uh, YouTubers, you know, are bringing all their YouTube audiences in. Uh, my major audience is on Twitter. That's why I have the scheduled tweets and things. So I'm bringing them all myself. And I see, you know, Patreon, it's really great that you have this platform, but Kickstarter has a really great way of surfacing um, Kickstarters to, to people who are interested. And I'm like, I want to connect with people who want to support the arts. Uh, who want to support cool stories, who have expendable income, who don't mind, you know, kicking in $5 a month if it's going to create cool art in the world. Um, and they're, that's one of the things they do struggle with is trying to make it easier um, to, to help promote your work. So that is one of the things is that the, the, more, the, the more you have nurtured your own fan base, mm -hmm. the more likelihood you are to, you know, get them to, to come to you on, on Patreon. And that's why you see, uh, again, people like Shauna McGuire, she has an amazingly massive, uh, uh, rabid, I don't want to say rabid, but it is rabid. They're very passionate. It's a passionate mm -hmm. fan base she has. And they were all in for, for her, uh, Patreon and NK Jemison uh, did a, a lot of stuff. She knows a lot of people with, um, really great reach on Twitter and she got a lot of retweeting and a lot of, um, a lot of support, uh, for her, her Kickstarter for her Patreon as well. So you do have to leverage your own channels, uh, and nurture your own audiences. There are things going on in the background, you know, when I, that I nurture my audiences, I have my mailing list, I think, which is up to 1200 people where I, I send out like every couple couple months there's like a swag giveaway where I'll send stickers and um postcards and uh all sorts of I think I, I printed out uh, maps one year of my fantasy world and I just send them to people it's expensive it's just why a lot of the money that comes from Patreon goes back into it um but it is a nurturing of a fan base I recognize that I may not be an author who has like this amazing million dollar breakout sale but slowly over time I have been building mm -hmm. uh, a career as as an author which a lot of people have said to me they said you know once you get I think it's like seven to 10 books <laughs> under your belt. They're like, that's the point at which a lot of writers find that there's, they, they roll over into the, okay, now we're actually making a living writing because you have back royalties and you have nurtured a fan base and all those things. But it, it can take a long time. Um, you know, there was the year I wrote three books in a year and that nearly killed me. So I don't know. I don't know how people, I think Chuck Wendig was saying he write, he's been writing four books a year for the last five years. Like I'm on my twentieth book, and I'm like that is insane. <laughs> well, I mean you're you're working full time. Um, yeah. You you are a prolific writer on your own blog, and now you're you're writing all these short stories. You're I mean you're pretty busy. So how do you how do you get it all done? I get up really early <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I usually get up about 5.30 in the morning. Um, I also uh, have an assistant. Uh, I, I do uh, have someone local who helps me out uh, just like for scheduling stuff. A, a lot of it is just I, I can't keep track of my calendar and what's um, going on, what's due. I uh, Especially with the Stars or Legion, I, I wrote a ton of articles uh, as part of the, the marketing tour for that. And that was exhausting because you're writing, uh, you know, articles on top of, you know, your day job and the short story a month and the book you're supposed to be writing mm -hmm. for the, that you owe to somebody. 
Um, you know, and stuff pushes. Uh, I had to push out, you know, my due date for the Broken Heavens, which is my next uh, my next book for for quite a bit. Um, so a couple months, I guess. But uh, you know, you can't. Sometimes you can't all get it all done, and you just have to, you know, make up your your time, carve out your writing time where you can get up very early, uh, and and make you know make the time for it. I think I wrote my last short story for Patreon. <laughs> it was. I wrote like 9,000 words in six hours. Or oh, something. my it gosh. Ridiculous. It was insanity. I did have an outline, but I was like, it's due tonight. If I don't hit this is why I love Patreon, because if you don't hit it by the 31st if your short story, you don't post the post uh, to charge your patrons by the 31st of the month. You don't get paid for the month. <laughs> so you better finish that story, Cameron. And uh, so I'm, it's 1145 at night. And I'm like. Set post. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that you do that never occurred to me is is I've seen I, I, probably on your social media accounts where you're saying, hey, I'm getting ready to post a story. Make sure your credit card information is up to yes. date because inevitably if you've got 100 people on, that are using credit cards, five of them are going to fail for one reason oh, or yeah. another. Yeah, I've had I've had as much as almost $100 a month Yeah, of uh, – it declines again. Usually, it's just because oh, my credit card was lost, and you know, ninety nine percent is that. Uh, so yeah, I do. I do try and let them know. Again, a lot of the promotion, like the active promotion, is again that that last week before the story drops. Hey, update your payment information. Hey, here's what the story's about. Hey, here's the here's the cover. Get excited! And it's about generating. And, and this is why they say Kickstarter. Um, you know, Kickstarter is great because you generate, and that's what you make so much money toward the end, the beginning and the end, because mm -hmm. you're generating that excitement. Oh, it's almost here. It's almost here. So you need to uh, generate that sort of excitement every month. Uh, and so I end up doing, yeah, that last week is, okay, let's get people excited again. And you inevitably get, yeah, another, you know, 10, 12, 20 bucks. Uh, and that's cumulative, right? You just have to go, oh, it's only 10 bucks, but it's every month and, and you're doing it. It's like my entire career <laughs> where you're, yes. you're building something. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the whole recurring in uh, re recurring revenue mm -hmm. thing. That's, that's building the technology world right now. We all want yep. recurring revenue and, and this is a way of doing that. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, the $9 is really a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you have to think about it. Yeah. Sure. Okay, you mentioned the stars of Le the stars are legion. That's your that's your newest book. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you would. The stars are legion is a space opera set uh, at the edge of a legion of starships hurling through deep space. There's a huge civil war going on, two families battling it out, uh, and one woman wakes up without memory, not knowing exactly which side she is on. Uh, so stars are legion ends up taking her journey uh, throughout the legion and uh, throughout the the morass of her own memories uh, to sort of uncover all the mysteries uh, of the legion itself. All right, now. Since we're talking to authors here, you mentioned writing a lot of blog posts in support of this, and these are <laughs> yeah. blog posts that were posted on other people's sites. Uh, what advice would you have for authors as a professional copywriter and a professional author? Uh, what kind of things – because I, I noticed in the list of things that you wrote, there were some very clever post ideas. It's not you – know, it wasn't 10 versions of, hey, I wrote uh, a new yeah. book. Go buy it. Oh God, no! So, yeah. what what do you recommend to uh, to authors who are writing in support of their own books? Consider uh, the audience. Uh, I, lots of times, when I reach out to bloggers, I will say, "Hey, tell me what your audience is interested in. Are they are they, they want to know about world building? Do they not want to know about um, how to write romance scenes? Do they want to know how to write write about fight scenes?" Um, 
people will notice I, I did a uh, an article for Writer's Digest about world building, mm-hmm. which just used uh, passages from Stars or Legion. <laughs> <laughs> clever. <laughs> Think of clever ways, right? Um, there's a piece I'm doing for Time magazine that's very late, which is about uh, women and persistence, uh, which we'll talk about science fiction. Uh, you have to subtly work your stuff in there. I pitched a thing to Village Voice, which unfortunately I – didn't get it in because they'd already had someone for the expanse, but I was going to talk about the expanse and science fiction, um, the resurgence in space opera, and then cleverly work in my own. <laughs> oh yeah. And I have this clever thing, <laughs> but you can't, uh, we have this thing right with marketing where it's like, Oh, we got to hit everybody over the head with mm-hmm. it. It's like, no, like again, as a marketer, I realize it's about the seven or 10 or 12 touches, right? It's like, Oh, I heard about this thing on a podcast and was talking about this. Oh, I saw this retweet from Cameron about this, you know, Stars or Legion book. Oh, and now I just read this world building article in Writer's Digest and it's Stars or Legion from Cameron Hurley. I should really check that book out. People don't generally make decisions about what they're going to purchase when they first hear about it. They need to feel like there's something going on that they're missing out on, right? Mm-hmm. Um something really fun and that their other, that their friends are reading and that their friends are interested in. And they want to be a part of that conversation. Um, I think you see a lot of this with um, huge breakout books uh, like Harry Potter and things like that. People want to know what it's all, what's the big brouhaha about? Right. Why mm-hmm. is it, why is it so popular? Uh, and so they check it out because everyone else, everyone else is checking it out. So I, I certainly encourage people to find different ways that you can weave in your book without talking explicitly about your book. And sometimes that's just sitting down. Usually what I'll do is I'll be like, you know, uh, I will do idea generation sessions and like, here's 10 or 12 different sort of article ideas that I have that I could, that apply somehow to the book, you know, um, writing about space, writing about, you know, I don't know, all sorts of different things. Um, but yeah, you sit down and you make that list beforehand. And also, it was, I was I was really thankful. One of the reasons I was able to hit so many um, higher profile places is my uh, publisher this time around did hire an outside um, publicity team, and they were able to Woo-hoo! pitch them. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. It's the first time I actually had first time I've been doing this since <laughs> 2011, where they hired someone outside, and uh, it was actually really useful because she came to me and said, "Hey, here's some ideas." I said, oh, "Okay, those are fine, but I have a better idea." <laughs> and so we actually worked together, mm-hmm. and then I didn't have to pitch, and it's because it's so awkward when you got to pitch yourself. And I've been pitching myself for a long time, but she was able to pitch stuff to Boing Boing, to Writers Digest, all of those places, to Time Magazine. Uh, and, and get that interest that I was not able uh, to get myself. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. You know, I came up with the ideas and then someone else was able to do the pitching, which is always the roughest part. Well, that that is um, it's great that you finally got that. I, I, I want to before we close, I want to thank you publicly for all the writing that you've done on your blog over the years. When I first started this podcast, when I was researching the podcast, I was trying to fill in my own knowledge gaps and inevitably when I would search for things like publishing contracts and the amounts of advances and things like that I would wind up at your blog because you talked very (laughs) openly about things at a time when no one did yeah yeah you are very very welcome I I hear that quite a bit there's a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, in publishing because everyone wants to appear bigger and better and more important than they really are. Uh, a lot of the writers that you think are selling and making a lot of money are are not. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Cameron, what's so the true. best place for people to find you online? 
Uh, you can find me at CameronHurley.com. That's Cameron with a K. And uh, I post there regularly. And you can find the Patreon account at Patreon.com slash Cameron Hurley. Thank you so much for being here, Cameron. It's been a delight. And thank you for doing this on a Saturday. For for people that don't know, you're busy working all the time. So we had to all schedule this on a Saturday. And I, I, I thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you, Stephen. And thanks for listening, everyone. As always, we'll have links to everything we've talked about, including Cameron's new books, at theauthorbiz.com. <laughs>